Thank you, brother. Let's give the Lord some worship. Lord God, we love you, Lord. We want nothing but your word tonight, Lord God. We love you. And we need to hear from you tonight. Jesus, you are worthy of all of our praise and all of our attendance and our time, God. Only you deserve so much. Mighty God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you may be seated. I do want to say again, thank you to uh, you know, my, my pastor, my bishop, my presbyter, Brother Wybera, and everyone for the opportunity to be here. Uh, something that sinks into my heart as I step up here is uh, Jesus, Jesus said there's only one who is perfect. And uh, so when I come up here, I come to you, to you with boldness uh, of God, but not of my own. I want you to know that if I preach to you anything today, it is because it is totally something that I feel the Lord has uh, impressed upon me first. Uh, so if we could, the first scripture I'd like to open with tonight is 1 Corinthians 13. 13. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Tonight, my sermon is completely centered around hope, if you believe it or not, and we'll get there in a minute. Uh, if you feel you may be seated, I will be jumping around some scriptures after this. I am so grateful to be accompanied by my my close friend David. You guys have no idea how much I appreciate him, his hospitality, the friendship we have. I'm just I just love this guy so much. And uh, you know who uh, David reminds me of in, in scripture is 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 David. That's a did you guys catch that segue? That was pretty good, right? All right. But in all seriousness, uh, when I think about uh, David in the Bible, to me, the story, that it just speaks so many volumes. It just, it just carries through all the generations. Everybody likes to talk about David. Uh, and, you know, someone said something interesting to me today, and they were comparing uh, people in the Bible to, like, different video games and different things. And I honestly thought to myself, the story, you know, the story of David to me is more interesting than any video game, than any movie I've ever seen. And one of the largest reasons I'll tell you why is just simply the fact that it's real. I mean, the man did get anointed by God and slay a lion and a bear. The guy did conquer Goliath. The guy did help restore an entire nation by the Lord's help. And it's real. Man. That'll just speak to you. But as we know, David had many ups and downs. But I want to read from you one of David's psalms uh, to help give perspective of some of the things that he went through. And this is what I want to share with you tonight, the real meat of this. And it's going to take a minute to read through. And I'm sorry for the, the extended scriptures, but I know that we're all here to hear the word anyway. So... We're going to turn to Psalms 139, verses 7 through 18. I'll give you.
with you guys just another minute. Psalms 139, verses 7 through 18. You guys need to give a little bit of perspective. You know about Goliath. We mentioned the lion and the bear, but David was also at many times in his life totally on the run from being slain for his life, hiding out in caves, climbing up in, in Florida. I don't even know. It's hard to go up a stair, a flight of stairs. This guy was going up and down mountains and hills on the run constantly for his life, hiding in, in, in places that are uncomfortable to sleep. And so this, with this perspective, it might help you to understand where these might come from. And we'll begin, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hands will lead me. And your right hand shall hold me if I say, surely the darkness shall fall upon me. Even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light both are alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not yet hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Not even formed yet. And in your book they are all written, the days fashioned before me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You see, the man had something that was untouchable, which is that even if he found himself in hell, his bed made in hell, he would still know that God would have him. He still knows that God thinks loving thoughts towards him. That he made him for a purpose. So I want to jump around just for a moment in Luke chapter 5, verse 32. In Luke chapter 5, verse 32. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. And then in Luke 4, verses 18 through 20. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So I have a question for everyone in this room. If Jesus came to save the unrighteous, and if Jesus came to help those that are downtrodden and captive and broken, who do you hope, who do you think that I hope I'm preaching to? 
is a household where people who are in those descriptions, the unrighteous, those that are broken, those that are poor, are meant to be here tonight. And I want to encourage you, even if you are perfect, even if you're all good and there's no issues going on in your life, I want to encourage you that, first of all, you should take this time while you're all bolstered up to help others. Because God can use you when you're on the mountain. God can use you when you're strong. God can use you when you feel like everything's going right. He can use you right now. And it's easier to work hard when everything's going good, believe me. But I want to speak to you a known fact, which is that it rains on the just and the unjust. So you should encourage yourself that if everything's going right, even, that you should bury yourself in the ground with the scriptures. You should be so deep in the word, you should know God enough that your rock is built on a strong foundation so that when the storm does come, you won't move. And I just feel strongly there's a specific word that just unctured up in my spirit. That is this. And I just want to, I want you guys to think. It's a rhetorical question. You can answer if you want. It is extremely likely to me, probable, it is common sense to me that if any young person were to ever think about seriously think about committing suicide, wouldn't it be true that it is very extremely likely that one of the key factors to their state of being is that they have no hope of change, that they have no hope of eternity in God, that they have no hope of their circumstance to have any godly influence at all, because if they did, they wouldn't even be thinking about quitting at all, they just hold on. So tonight, I just want to leave you guys with this incredible thought from the word, which is that you must remember that you must have hope instilled in your bones. Remember that you were formed in the womb for a purpose. God made everything, and if you exist, it is because he loves you, and he wants to keep you. He wants to show you his light. He wants to show you that he can rescue you even from hell. You can be like David. You can be stronger than David. Jesus said you can do greater works than I have done. And I totally, 100%, totally believe that you can be saved from anything you're battling. Just give it to God. Confess it to God. Seek out help. You will be blessed. It's in the word, and it's real, and in Jesus' name. Can we give God praise for that word? Amen. Come on, we can put our hope in Jesus. Come on, people put their hope in all other things, but in Jesus. Amen. We can put our hope in. That's an attorney hope right there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that word, Brother Evans. Thank you, Jesus.
Amen. As y'all remain standing, amen, we're going to call a man of God up here, amen, Brother Gomes, amen, a wonderful man of God, and I thank God he's here with us tonight, and I know he's going to preach the word. I know he's heard from God tonight. Can we give him a hand clap as he comes? Thank you. Scripture tells us that God is everywhere at all times. He is omnipresent, meaning he was here before you got here. And he'll be here when you leave. But while we're here, I'm praying, and I hope you will join me in praying that we will see a manifestation of his spirit in this house. If you want to see God do something tonight, would you lift your voice right now? Would you lift your hands right now? Would you pray in the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody, let your voice out. God is trying to speak to us tonight. God is trying to speak to us. Hallelujah. 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 Would you clap your hands and somebody shout with a voice of triumph? presence of God is here, and I am so thankful to be here. I'm going to start my timer because my wife is here. I love you, baby. My wife is here, Alexis. Isn't she gorgeous? That's my baby mama. Times two. Amen. So thankful. Uh, thank you to uh, the sectional leaders that are here. We give honor to Brother Yabaro. Why don't you give him a hand? Doesn't he do a great job? Amen. Brother Rogers is here. Amen. Thankful your presbyter. Always been a friend of mine, and I appreciate that, Brother. Now, one of the first times, now I know you're standing, but you'll be all right. One of the first times that I ever worked camp, in fact, the first time I worked camp in Florida, I got the honor. Now, it wasn't an honor for them, but I got the honor to work with the pastor of this church and his wife, brother and sister Phil. So thank you. So thankful uh, for hosting this rally. Amen. Amen. And they have stories. They're probably true. sought and prayed that they would never share those stories. No, I'm thankful for them. Um, if you would, I'm so sorry. I, I really, I do apologize. But if you would, I, I'm talking to the back um, that I gave scriptures to. Um, but uh, we're going we're gonna to scratch that. And we're going to go ahead and go to John chapter number 8 and verse 32. 
John chapter number 8 and verse 32. Now, I prayed and I studied and I, I fasted and I asked God uh, for direction. And so when I got it, I'm going to obey it. Is that all right? Is that all right? Amen. John chapter 8 and verse 32. And you shall know the truth. Say the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Now I know they don't have a slide for me yet. But I'd like to talk tonight on the subject is your truth the truth? Is your truth the truth? Would you help me pray? Would you, would you help me pray? Would you open up your mouth? I, I need some help right now. Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. Lord, I want to be free tonight. Lord, I want to be free tonight. I'm seeking after something. I want the truth in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead and clap your hands unto the Lord. You, you may be seated. Truth is the quality or state of being true. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to get real deep there. I'm sorry, I lost about half of you. Just the guys, the girls are much smarter. It, truth is simply the quant quality or the state of being true. And the definition of true is in accordance with fact or reality. Now, has anyone, is it okay if I, is it okay if I, my brother Brad did it, so I'll do it. it. Has anybody ever been lied to? Raise your hand. Anybody ever, pretty much, a, I'm going to tell a story. Now, you may, you may have heard this story before. It's an old story, but I'm going to tell this story, and, and, and I hope that it, it somehow sits with you. I, I hope there was an emperor one time. He was a very prideful emperor, and he, he took so much pride in his clothing. In fact, he, he, he was about to have a birthday party. And so he decided, you know what? I've taken all this money from all these poor taxpayers, and, and, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend it up. I'm going to buy myself the most beautifulest, bestest. I, I went to school in at home, shout out to all the homeschoolers. <laughs> There's a lot of people here, ain't there? Yeah. So, so this guy, he goes and, and he, he tells his advisors, he's like, listen, y'all, I need you to go find all the tailors in the kingdom. And I need you to find them and I need you, I, I want you to, the, the best, I'm not talking about mediocre now. I, I'm, I'm not talking about Walmart, okay? All right. I'm talking about Dillard's. I don't shop at Dillard's. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> right? 
uh, Amazon. If it ain't on Amazon, I, I, it ain't for me. So, so he goes out and he finds all these tailors, and they all line up, and they all do their pitch. You know, it's, it's like Shark Tank. They're like, this is the best. The, the just, I mean, look at this fabric. It's just, you know, it just clings to, yeah, whatever. I, don't, I wasn't there. I don't know. I'm just trying to tell you the story. And so, so these guys, these two swindlers, these two swindlers walk in, and they're like, listen, we got some stuff. What we do don't even know about. See, our material is so sophisticated. It's so sophisticated that only the most worthy and only the most educated and only the most prestige can even see it. So the emperor in his pride and arrogance said, well, there's my guys right there. And so he dumped a bunch of money, uh, and they started weaving. And they, they set up a, a, a whole, I mean, this this big old, you know. Have you ever seen the big spin wheels where they make stuff? Fabric, is that? Yep. Did you know they had to make fabric? Like, it just doesn't show up? Yeah, they have to make it. And so, so there, you got to, like, get the wool off the sheep. I, I don't have time. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to do an illustration on a sheep, I promise. Could you go ahead and bring the sheep in? <laughs> Just kidding, Sister Lot. <laughs> so the the emperor, he's super excited. He's like, listen, he's like, I'm gonna tell my trusty advisor to go check it out. So his, you know, his trusty advisor goes in and he he sees the situation, right? And he is kind of nervous. Because he walks in and he sees these two guys and they've got scissors in their hands and they're snipping and they're snapping and they're, you know, they've got needles and they're just weaving and, and they're spinning the wheel thing and they're just going. And the advisor sees absolutely nothing. There's no thread. There's no, there, there's nothing. There's no cloth. And he's like, well, I heard him say that only the wisest, and I don't want to look stupid. So the advisor, like he was, he just walks up to the emperor. He's like, oh, it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. You ever had a friend like that? You, you're not even going to believe it. When you see, I mean, the colors just pop, okay? You're not, you're. You know what? It's really going to bring out your eyes and your skin tone. <laughs> Don't get ahead of my story. And so the, the, next, the next few guys, they, they, they come in. The, the emperor's all excited. He's, he's hearing about this. And the, have you ever heard this story before? A few of you? Yeah? Okay. And so, and so the, 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 the next day, the emperor sends another advisor, and the advisor sees the same thing. And he's like, ooh, there's nothing on those. But he doesn't want to look stupid, so he's like, oh, the purple, it just stands out. It's like, it's I've never seen quite that color before. Yeah. And then the next advisor, the same thing. And so the emperor's birthday comes up. The emperor's birthday comes up, and he finally gets to see this suit that he is so excited about. And remember, he's very prideful. 
He takes his clothes serious. So when he walks in and those tailors have this, you know the mirrors? You ever tried on a suit and they've got the mirrors and they're like around you so you can see every part, you know, and you're like, all right. Yeah, I need to lose some weight. <laughs> those mirrors just kind of show everything, don't they? Right? I've learned, Brother Phil, that when uh, you get to be a certain size, um, every suit is slim fit. <laughs> Lord, help me, Jesus. And so this, this, this guy walks in, and, and he sees it all set up. And guess what he sees hanging on that hanger? Nothing. But all these people have already lied to him. His most trusted advisors have said it was gorgeous. And he's prideful, so he's like, I guess we're going to float. I guess we're going to go with it. I guess this is, and guess what he does, y'all? He puts it on. Strips down to his fruit of the loom and puts on nothing. Y'all, pride will make you do some dumb stuff, okay? Pride will, I mean, y'all been at school and you saw pride walk in and you're like, oh, nobody loves you. They would have never let you leave like that. And so the emperor gets in the parade and nobody tells him. He is marching down the street and nobody tells him. You know why? Because they all don't want to look dumb. They don't want to look dumb. They're like only, Brother Wills, only, only, only the unsophisticated people can't see. So leave it to a child. The emperor's parade and his birthday suit start going by. And that little kid looks at it. He said, why is the emperor in his underwear? Leave it to the kid to be honest. See, Jesus said, except you become as a little child. See, that kid wasn't worried about what everybody was thinking. He didn't hear the swindlers lie. So as that emperor tried to save face, marching down the street in his fruit of the loom, could you imagine? See, a lie is still a lie, no matter how many people believe it. A lie is still a lie. I, I don't care how many friends you tell to be on your side. If it's a lie, it's still a lie. And at the same point, Brother Bradley the truth is still the truth, even if nobody believes it. The truth is still the truth. Now, I, I, I know I've laid a foundation, and I'm, I, I'm, I, I, try to, I try to be funny. I'm sorry. It, it just, it, 
y'all have to pray for me now. If, if it don't go good, I'm going to know y'all didn't pray. All right? So this, this is just going to be your fault. See, there are some truths that will never change. Now, now I, I know how many people are over 30 years old in this house? How many people are over? I'm raising my hand. How many people are over 30 years old? All right, look around. I want you to see who you're hanging with. All right, it's Friday night, right? How many people are between 20 and 30 years old? Between 20 and 30, raise your hand. All right. All right, how many people are between 18 and 20? Anybody? Between 18 and 20. I got one, okay. Two, is there two? Oh, two, three? You're not sure. You're not sure? Oh, oh, there it is. Okay. All right, how many people are between 15 and 18? Raise your hand. Between 15 and 18. All right, how many people are between 12 and 15? 12 and 15. All right, between 12 and 15. All right, how many people can do math? All right. <laughs> I just wanted to see at least some of y'all raise your hand. <laughs> if you need to check your driver's license for your age, that means you're too old to drive. Okay, um, there are some truths, there are some truths that will never change. There are some things, there, there, there are some things you, you get up in the morning and you don't expect them to change, right? You, you don't expect them to change. Well, there's some truths in the Bible that I want to introduce to you as a young person that are never going to change. And I'm thankful for a man of God that stood up in my life and said, these truths will never change. All right, so, so there, there was only one God back in Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 6 and verse 4, right? There's, there was only one God in Deuteronomy, and in 2012, there's still only one God. If you know his name, why don't you shout it out? See, I don't care how many people try to tell you otherwise. He was God at creation, and he was God at the cross. He was God of salvation, and he was God at Pentecost. The, the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It's the good news. The gospel hasn't changed, and it's still the plan of salvation. It's still the plan of salvation. See, death is repentance. If you haven't died today... If you haven't died today, Paul said it best. He said, I died daily. I died daily. I've got, I've got to destroy this flesh daily. Every morning when I wake up, my mercies are renewed, but I've got to die daily. I've got to climb on an altar. Are you hearing me? I've got to climb on an altar, and I've got to sacrifice. That's called worship. That's called worship. The burial is baptism if you haven't been baptized. Now, there's only one way to be baptized. Now, I know that all the cool kids are trying to, to modernize it, and they're trying to come up with, with, with all the, the, the stuff uh, to, to make it easier, but there's still only one way to be baptized. See, there's only one name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. If you're going to be baptized, it's got to be into the family name of Jesus Christ. 
You still, you still need an Acts 2.38 experience. I'll say it again for the people in the back. You still need an Acts 2.38 experience. Y'all can sit down. Y'all can stand up. Y'all can run. I don't mind. Last time I preached, somebody prayed right there the whole service. It wasn't because my preaching was good. He just was really messed up. John chapter 3 and verse 5, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again of water and of spirit, he cannot enter. He can't enter. And so, I want to ask you tonight, young people, I heard Oprah say it, which means it's probably cool, but I'm not sure anymore. Is she still cool? She's not cool? All right. Well, there goes that. But she said to follow your truth. And I, I understand that to a degree. I understand that to a degree. Because you only have your truth. It's your reality. Because truth is what is true, right? We went through the definition. What is true to you. And so sometimes, I'll be careful, I might preach. Sometimes our truth can be pretty rough. Let me tell you a story. I was eight years old when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. That was my truth. That was awesome. That was awesome experience. I was just eight years old and, and I was repenting for my sins. I'm sure I hadn't made my bed that morning. It was a, it was a rough life. And I, I heard the preacher say, you, you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's the best thing that, that's ever happened. And so I found myself a place to pray. And it was over it, behind the drums. And, I mean, it was just rocking my world. I was just shaking. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. It was the drums. And so I, I was praying, and, and nobody, no, nobody laid hands on me. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody shook me. Nobody jiggled my chin. Nobody, nobody touched me except Jesus. And, and this little eight-year-old kid started speaking in a language that I didn't know. At first, I was like, well, that's weird. Where'd that come from? But Brother Dagan, just because I received the Holy Ghost didn't mean I wasn't going to go through stuff. My truth is that I went through things. My truth, my truth is that I struggled with things. My truth is that I was introduced to things at a young age that no young person should ever be introduced to. My truth is that it became an addiction in my life. My truth is that it became a struggle for me. My truth is that I came to church every day. Every time the doors were open, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, 
Thursday night back when we really went to church. My truth is that even though I had the Holy Ghost, I was bound by addiction. I was bound by pornography. I was bound by the things of this world. That's my truth. But there came a moment when I realized that I'm apostolic. There came a moment when I realized that I'm apostolic. You don't have to live in your truth. Uh, you, not, you, you don't have to live in your truth. You don't have to live. Let me, let me preach for just a few more minutes. I don't care what the enemy has fed you. I don't care what lie the enemy has fed you. The truth of God will always bring light. Let me talk to some young people right now. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11. Abstain from flesh, fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Abstain from flesh, I can't say that word, from fleshly lusts. I'll say it again till I get it right. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I, I, I've been a youth pastor too long. I've seen too many young people uh, that, that have a burden for ministry and, and that want to see God do something in their life. And they're strong and they're powerful and they're like Samson. They're powerful. They just don't have commitment. They're powerful. They just don't have consecration. Hear me now. Samson never had a power problem. I don't think that we have a power problem in the apostolic church. I see people filled with the Holy Ghost. I see devils cast out. I see blinded eyes open. I've seen arthritis healed. I've seen, I've seen inflammation go down. I've seen miracles happen. We don't have a power problem. Samson, Samson, what was your problem? You were so powerful. Samson's the most famous backslider in the Bible. He had a consecration problem. He had a, every time, every time he did something great, what happened? He just fall off the wagon. He'd come to church for a few days, come to church for a few, oh, pastor, you preached so good. That just changed my life. It just touched me right here. It was so wonderful. He'd fall off the wagon. Just fell off the wagon. Gone. See, see, when you consecrate yourself, you'll stick. When you consecrate yourself, when you decide that this is bigger than me, when you decide that you're not going anywhere, See, just because you're at church don't mean you're in church. Just because you're here don't mean you're in it. The, see, Samson, Samson had a covenant, but the covenant didn't have him. It, 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 it's a sad story because we all know the ending. 
my original sermon, and, and, and it works. I'll share. My original sermon tonight was supposed to be uh, protect your vision. Protect your vision. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want to take your power. The enemy don't care. There's plenty of blind people that have power. There's plenty of people that don't have truth that have power. The wizards came up against Moses, the sorcerers, right? They had power. They just didn't have truth. See, the enemy wants to take your vision. What did, what did they say? What did those guys say to Delilah when they went after him? What did they say? They said, we want to bind him. They didn't say nothing about taking out his eye. They said, we want to bind him. See, you think the enemy just wants uh, to bind you. You think the enemy just wants to, to, to put some, you know, I, I used to be able to worship in church, Brother Bradley, but, you know, I'm just going to keep my hands down here because I'm not, I'm not the worshiping type. I, I see all those, all those folks that just, you know, get after it, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm not the worship. I used to. You, you don't understand, Samson, the enemy's binding you, but the enemy really wants to blind you. The enemy wants to take that vision because you, you used to have a vision of where you were going to go. You, you used to have a vision of what God was going to do in your life. You used to wake up in the middle of the night because you were going to be a missionary and you had a burden and you were called and you wanted to do something for God. You used to do that, but somehow something, something happened and you, you lost your vision. Numbers chapter 32, verse 23, be sure that your sin will find you out. Samson, be sure that your sin, you can hide it for a little while. You, you can pretend for a little while. You, you, you can cover it up for a little while, young man. You, you can try for a little while, young lady. But, but there's some truths that you need to know. And be not deceived. According to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. But the hour cometh. John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4 and verse 23, but the hour cometh. Ah. Oh, the hour cometh. And now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. beginning of the service, during one of the songs, there was an interruption in the service. Do you remember? I'm apostolic. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I, I believe that they need to be working in the church. So when something happens, you've got to pay attention. So I immediately grabbed my, my, my notes and I, and I etched it down real quick. So I, I believe that we need to be fluent in the gifts of the Spirit. I, they're available to us. They're available to us. And so tongues and interpretation came. Do you remember what was said? Do you remember what was said? Because... I don't remember that far back. That's why I have to write stuff down. When God speaks to you in prayer, write it down. That's a youth pastor coming out of me real quick. 
When God speaks to you in a service, take notes. When, when God's talking to you, write it down because that was a word from God, but we already forgot it. There were two parts to the tongues and interpretation. The first part is I will pour out my spirit. And the second part is these are chosen people. I will pour out my spirit, and these are chosen people. See, I want you today to understand that true worshipers are in the house tonight. There's true worshipers in the house tonight. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Some of you tonight, young people, I'm speaking to you. This is where my heart is. This is my burden. If you haven't been able to connect with anything I've said, I want you to just pay attention in the next few moments. Some of you can't worship today because you refuse to be a hypocrite. It's part of the reason I love this generation so much. This generation hates fake stuff. If you're going to have some AirPods, make sure they're real. Don't just cut the strings off of your old. That No. No, make sure they're real. Right? This generation hates fake people. I, I, I used to be blind to it. I, I'd be, you know, so, somebody, you know, at crazy. At crazy it, it's just my church. I know it don't happen to nobody else's church. But somebody act crazy, and I'm like, I never knew that about them. And the youth group's like, oh, he's been weird the whole time. Like, like we saw, it was all, like, you leave it to the youth group to be honest with you. If your truth today is not his truth, I'm talking to you. Over the next 24 hours in the United States, 1,439 teenagers will attempt suicide. I said, if your truth tonight is not his truth, I'm talking to you. Over the next 24 hours in the United States, 2,795 teenage girls will become pregnant. 15,000 teenagers will use drugs for the first time. Please don't tell me that young people are not searching for something. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Please don't tell me that young people are not searching for something. For the next 24 hours, 3,506 teenagers will run away from home. Over half, over half of U.S. teens have lost their virginity by 18. <laughs> Brother David, you opened up with, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But that's not my truth. <laughs> I can hear you tonight, young lady. I can hear you tonight, young man. 
That's not my truth. I'm not free. Uh, I come to church as much as I can, but I'm still living with this weight on my shoulders. I'm still living with this thing, this struggle that I'm going through. presence of God is here right now so strong I want every head bowed right now I want every eye closed I don't want anybody looking around God's trying to do something right now if you know how to pray just just start whispering a prayer right now God's I, I think we're done I think the Holy Ghost is here now I, I think we're done I think we're done your truth tonight might be anxiety and depression, but his truth is peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, Mom, you've been praying about this. Come on, Dad, you've been praying about this service. Your truth might be in abandonment, but he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I, I feel somebody trying to trade truths right now. Somebody's trying to trade truths right now. I, I'm giving up the truth that I've had to live with. <laughs> Your truth might be years of abuse, but his truth is that he loved you so much. He died for you. I feel the Holy Ghost moving through this place right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This whole place is an altar. This whole place is an altar right now. Young, young lady, you don't have to move. God has come to meet you. God has come to meet you. Would you turn this place into a prayer meeting right now? Would you turn this place? Ministers, would you begin to... Pray with people right where they're sitting. I don't know what your truth is tonight. I don't know where you're at right now. But would you allow his presence to adjust some things? Father, I'm asking you, is that your prayer right now? you let him you don't have to live with your truth anymore you don't have to live by your truth anymore there's anointing in this room right now there's power in this room right now it's been spoken you're chosen you're chosen young man you're chosen, young lady. Would you cry out to him right now? Would you cry out to him right now? anointing is flowing through this place right now. It's time to be real with God.
it's time to be real with God. It's time to be real with God. Come on, church, would you begin to pray? Come on, church, would you begin to intercede right now? Are you tired of your truth? Are you tired of living the way you've had to live? The presence of God is washing over this auditorium right now. Now I know a Samson. Samson, I know you're still here tonight. Samson, I want to warn you tonight. Now, hold on. Y'all can keep praying. Samson, I want to warn you tonight. This wasn't in my notes. On the way here, it began to burn in my spirit. Samson, The problem is you would shake yourself and you would feel the power of God again. And so you thought you were good. And see, Samson, you're here right now because you just cried. And you think you're good. You broke a little bit. The music was just right. The preaching pricked your heart. So you you broke a little bit, Samson, and you you think you're good. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to invite you to come to this altar. And as you come, young men and young women, adults, you can come too. The Word of God is for everyone. It's not just about a tickle down your spine, but I wonder if you couldn't get in covenant with God tonight. I wonder if you couldn't find a place to make commitments tonight. I wonder if you couldn't find a place. I wonder if you couldn't Young people, it's not about praying till you feel good. It's praying until you're right with God. Don't mistake, don't mistake God's mercy tonight to justify actions. Just because God loves you doesn't mean he loves what you're doing. And so I'm drawing, 
I'm pulling for a few more young people. You can, you can kneel down if you want to. You can sit down if you want to. It, they received the Holy Ghost in the upper room and they were sitting. So it doesn't matter. But I wonder if you could be serious and make a commitment. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Oh, you got to let your voice out. Uh, you you, you got to let your voice out. You got. The enemy has kept you silent for so long that you have lost your ability to speak. Confess to you, God. 
There's healing in this room right now. Brother David, what are you talking about? It's a youth rally. There's not a lot of people that need physical healing. That's because you can't see the condition of the hearts that are in this altar right now. The Holy Ghost is trying to heal some wounds on your heart tonight. That's why you're depressed. That's why you have anxiety. Because you've never allowed God to heal those wounds that are on your heart. All over this room, let's lift our hands. If you receive it, if you receive it, it's here. <laughs> 